Cornhole Nation, what's going on? It's Around the ACL, and it's Michelle Thompson here, joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we are officially in our off-season. It's a very short off-season, but we're in it. It's this little, <laughs> little tiny window. <laughs> so yep. what, what are we doing off-season? We talk about free agencies. What are these partners going to be doing going into next season? Who's going to go with what bag manufacturers? All sorts of fun stuff coming up this month. And the first thing we want to get into are those pro uh, free agencies. So we've got some partner swapping. What we know right now is we have Caleb Franklin and Dylan Turpin partnering up. We have Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski partnering up. And we have Damon Dennis and Jimmy McGuffin. That's all I've heard, you guys. I don't know. You guys got any little birdies singing in your ear telling you something i don't know well i know anthony is the big informant but i i did have to take a second to pause and say that you know anthony anthony messages all of us and goes uh guys what are we going to be doing in the off season do we just make shit up (laughs) we're so used to we're so used to like Okay, we just came out off an event, and we have an event next weekend, so we have all this stuff when we run out of time. Now we're really going to determine how much we can stretch out of all this, all this info. This is going to uh, be. I don't a- think anyone is surprised, Trey, that all three of us can talk. Yeah, <laughs> That's no doubt. <laughs> Think we're okay. Yeah, no. You know Anthony has been Anthony's been the Adam Schefter of Cornhole. He's on the phone. <laughs> he's out there figuring out who's in who's with who. I mean, I love it. I can't he's got to get some insider information for us. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to respect actually I'm trying to respect the whole sensitivity of it a lot. So I don't I don't really hound people too much unless we're talking about something else and it works in. Although yeah. over the past two days when I saw the agenda, I was like all right, let me hit up a few people and see what's going on here. <laughs> uh, that makes yeah. some stuff happen here. Yeah. No, well, I mean, at least in the new partnerships that we know, um, you know, the, the couple that you said, Anthony, we might be forgetting a couple. I mean, there's been a lot of been announcing. I mean, there's even someone like a Brandon Jones, Travis Purser made an announcement. Um, you know, there, there's some other, um, I would say, mid-tier uh, announcements as far as partnerships goes in the new season. But I think, I think you hit on all the big ones, Michelle. Um, the two that I'm really excited about are, are Caleb Franklin and Dylan Turpin. Yep. I think in 2021, Franklin, I'm sorry, uh, Turpin and Gonzalez were a team and they made a deep run in doubles. And I remember saying to myself, that's a really good team. And then this year when we saw Dylan Turpin make that huge run almost into the top 10 of singles. And I kind of looked at where Ricky Gonzalez was ranked. I, I almost found myself thinking, was this just really Dylan Turpin being a really dominant player all along? And we just weren't really paying attention to him. And if that's the case, he's going to be paired with Caleb Franklin, which has a much higher ceiling, I think. So now I don't know how low of a floor Caleb Franklin is, because there's certainly been some times when he hasn't thrown well. But at least from a partnership with Dylan Turpin goes, this feels like a team that has a lot of upside and can really compete for a top 10 spot. It's going to be difficult. They're going to have to throw really, really well, especially when you sprinkle in the new rookies that we we got coming in with the success that happened this past season. A couple partner switches going to be happening. I mean, in the end, I I think it's going to be a, a a really tough team, though, between Franklin and Turpin. 
Yeah, I'll, uh, I'd like to talk about Franklin and Turpin a little bit and then just touch on um, Smith and Trzinski, and then maybe that'll lead us right into what the heck's Noah Wooten going to do with that partnership. Um, but yeah, you were talking about Franklin Turpin. I actually love this partnership. So Turpin's going to part ways from Ricky Gonzalez. And this may surprise a lot of people, but Turpin finished 11th in doubles with Ricky G last season. They had this kind of unbelievably sneaky good season. We almost never heard of them, though. And they finished ahead of the guys that we talk a lot about. Grindersleeve Batson finished ahead of Brett Guy Eric Davis. Finished ahead of Renner Baldwin, just to name a few. Um, but I do like the Franklin-Turpin matchup. You got two carpet-style throwers. And Turpin is going to run bags with taking pride in high PPRs. He likes filling up the hole with carpet. I think Caleb is similar in the few games that I called of his. He likes to roll a little bit more where Turpin's going to fire more email or airmail. But uh, I think Caleb, um, I think Caleb's going to be a good match. And he put himself on the map. Uh, he made an open singles bracket final twice. And he had a deep run at national number three. 11's going to be tough to beat, though. We've got more talent coming in. There's a shift in partnerships. Can they beat the 11th place that uh, Ricky G and Dylan had last year? That's going to be really tough, but I think they're capable of top 10, like you were saying, Trey. Moving into uh, Smith and Trzinski, at first thought, I had a hard time processing the idea of breaking up the top, top 10 team in uh, Wooten and Smith, especially with Wooten being really a different player today. He's really turned up his game the last few months, but Trzinski's a hell of a shooter, and I think he's very similar in capability and skill to a Wooten um, we've seen Trzinski show he can excel on the big stage. I do like the partnership after letting it kind of settle in a, a little bit. Are they a top 10 caliber? I think 100%, and I might argue top five if Trzinski can pick his game up just a little bit because I have no doubt that Tony Smith will stay dominant. But that leaves Wooten without a partner, Mish. Where are we going with that? It's funny you should say that. <laughs> now, Wooten announced several days ago that he was going to announce a partner, and then he didn't. And then everyone on, on Facebook was like, what the heck? Who's your partner? Don't leave us hanging. So uh, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. We're going to bring Noah on, and uh, he's going to let Stop us know. Playing. Who, yeah, we're going to have Wooten on? Where? Let's go. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> Okay, hold on, hold on. Before we go anywhere, I just want everybody at home to realize what just happened. No Wooten answered this call in the driver's seat. And in between when we went off air and we came back on air, he is now in the passenger seat. So I just want to make the right thing. Cameron's having having a drive. Cameron's having a drive. (laughs) Give a shout out to Cameron for driving. Yay. No one's like, can we make can we make this a six hour call so she's got to drive the entire way? <laughs> it's not my fault. I ha- I can't drive. I'll take the door on that one, Dre. Uh. <laughs> All right, Noah, we are excited to have you, and we are even more excited to find out who you're going to be partnering with. So please don't leave us hanging. Let us know who is it going to be. Next year, I'm going to play with Hunter Thorne. Oh, really? Wow. Hunter Thorne. That actually really surprises me a little bit. I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised. Okay, well, walk us through it, all right? Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so obviously you and, and, and Tony – okay, so first, two questions. I think I know the answer to this question, but just for everybody else kind of listening, what was the decision and the, the, the logic for you and Tony kind of going separate ways 
and then two, what what led you to Hunter? Uh, well, for one, uh, Hunter's been really hot lately, and like he's always a good player, but he he just I don't know I don't think he's had the opportunity to really show us uh, show everybody how good he can be. And but uh, man, me and Tony, see, we, we I mean like Tony, my brother, man, you know what I'm saying? So we're way beyond cornhole, so it, it ain't no beef between us or no shit like that. Excuse my language, I don't know if I can say that on here. Trey but, already said shit. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> we're good, dude. Nah, but uh, man, Tony really uh, he kind of started testing free agency like without telling me. You know what I'm saying? He was kind of like asking around, so, so I felt like he didn't want to play with me, so I just went ahead and made the decision for him basically so i i just told him to just do what he wanted to do so i didn't i, I didn't feel like he was i would be holding him back you know what i'm saying if he wanted to leave yeah. so i just told him to do that hey the way you've been playing lately <clears throat> i would not call that holding back tony smith i was actually pretty sad to see that partnership break up now tony went up and picked himself up a, a top player in trzinski yes hunter thorne has picked up his game but He's no Tony Smith. I don't. I don't know how. I gotta think. I gotta sleep on this one. I'm having a hard time with it. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> Man, it, it, I mean, from y'all's eyes, it, it probably is like it probably looked like a bad decision on my part, like not to keep Tony. But it's a. Tony's my boy, man. It's a lot that comes with him, man. It's a lot that comes with him. Yep. <laughs> Got you. All right, so, so I'll, ask, I'll ask a question. I can't believe Anthony didn't ask this, but I probably because it may be fairly obvious. Any any idea on bags next season? I mean, obviously, you still got the you're still part of the contraband brand, but at the same time, you guys, I mean, you're, you're notorious for jumping a lot between bags and trying to get pretty versatile in the different bags that you throw, but do you think you'll have a home safe bag that you'll use? Uh, Man, I don't know. Honestly, it probably just depends on the boards, how the boards are playing, but like, I, we came out with two new series of bags this year, so I mean, we'll, I don't know. We'll probably definitely switch it up a lot, so yeah, no, we probably won't sleep with one set. Yeah, keep it like interesting. It. All right. <laughs> Definitely will be to, interesting. I have to tell you, though, this was not surprising to me because Nick told me the other day, he's like, I already know who it's going to be. Not not because Noah told him. He just said, I know who it's going to be. It's going to be Hunter Thorne. So <laughs> this is, I don't know what insights he has, but that's what he, he was convinced <laughs> of. For everybody yeah. that was guessing, I, I think I had the most guesses for, for Windsor and then I had yeah. a lot for Duncan Clemmer, Almanza, a lot for Cameron, and then a lot for Almanza. Uh, Almanza was my thought. I think uh, Almanza was was kind of who I thought you were leaning towards, but I just wasn't sure if the only thing that was somewhat concerning for me there was was just the bag selection, right? Yeah. I'm not saying you, you can throw a lot, but my gut tells me you like something that's relatively slow. And and Almanz is kind of the opposite, so I just didn't know if that would come into play. Oh, he can throw slow. Almanza can throw slow. He's actually very very good with sticky. Yes, bags, he, he is rolling everything. He's tough with. Almanza's tough, man. He's very tough, but he's top ten player, man. His sponsor, he's hard for me to afford. So yeah, I got you. <laughs> big time. I got you. That makes sense. He's big well, time. 
Well, Noah, we're super excited for you and Hunter. And I'm sure um, I would love to see you shock everyone. And I, I have faith in Hunter. I think he's a great thrower and has a lot of potential. So um, it's not just about the throwing, right? It's about the personality, the chemistry and everything else. So I think that there you guys have a great team. Hell yeah. Thank you. I hope we do. We should be all right. We, we played a lot of tournaments together. Played a good bit. Uh, me and Windsor are still going to play the shootout, so we're going to be shootout partners. Oh, okay. nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Good to know. Got it. But, but yeah, All right, man. He's been on fire lately, so hopefully he can stay that way and we'll, we'll be pretty good. All right. I like it. Well, good luck to you and Hunter. You, and, uh, and be safe in your drive there, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, Thank Noah. Take it easy, man. Well, there you have it. We've been waiting, and now you have the answers. Who else are we waiting for? Jimmy Humans, Duncan Clemmer, Ryan Windsor, Alex Hicks, Tyler Cobb, Joe Neistead, Stephen Bernisset, Jeremy Shermerhorn, Asidro Herrero, just to name a few. <laughs> so we've got a lot of question marks there, and along with some potential splits, is Mark Richards going to stay with Philip Lopez? Is Eric Zockline going to stay with Tanner? Is Derek King going to stay with Devin Harbaugh? Is Brett Guy going to stay with Eric Davis, especially after that big win? So lots of question marks and excitement coming this month. What are your thoughts, Trey? Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be wild. I think this week, Anthony, we probably get, what, Jimmy Humans. We just had yes. no wound. So Jimmy Humans will get this week. Um, Jeremy Shermerhorn, I think, will get this week, correct? Yep. Um, uh, Joe Kay said he's going to announce his. Uh, AJ Sims is going to announce his this week. Okay. So, yeah. If he's uh, not announced yet, I yeah. Okay. I, a couple of those I think I know, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say out loud. Kind I know. Of, I'm being really careful here. I'm really <laughs> very careful. I'm like, ah. no, no, let us announce, but I don't want to announce for everybody else that doesn't want to be announced. You know, there's a couple yeah. on here that. Um, yeah. I'll speculate on the one that I have no idea about. So Anthony probably has inf insider information, so he's not probably going to be able to comment on this. But I'm getting I'm getting a vibe based on the regionality that maybe we get like a Joe Neistat and a Jeremy Shermerhorn. Both of those oh. have been ho holding, and Shermerhorn's been saying I got a guy that's a top ten type of player. You know, I think you could throw Noah Almanza in that group somewhere. Yep. You know, it could be a possibility as well. So um, I think there's a lot of rumors going around again, maybe about Ryan Windsor and Alex Hicks pairing up, yep. not in the shootouts. I mean. If you really think about it, why was Noah Wooten only playing with Ryan Windsor in the shootouts? Could it be that Ryan Windsor has a partner he couldn't play in the oh, shootout with? That's deep. Oh, that deep well, you really went, you went behind there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I think, but, and if that happens, is is Isidro Herrera one of the sneakiest, greatest free agents out on the yes. market right now that nobody seems to want to go after? I mean, you could throw him in, I think, in that Shermerhorn, Neistat, yes. Almanza kind of group. I mean, it's 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 wild. Um, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a crazy, crazy ending to the season. As far as the splits go, at first, I kept going back and forth. I thought for a while, Lopez and Richards, no way they're splitting up. Then I went Same. through a long period where I like, no, they're splitting up. And now I'm kind of leaning back towards they might, they might stay together. So tough to stay there. Brett Guy and Eric Davis, it's like, how do you break up? I mean, no. I mean, in my mind, do they pull a no Wooten and Ryan Windsor and go, we're just gonna play with each other in the shootouts, right? Because the you know that's the, what it's working. Um, <laughs> but I think Tanner and EZ probably split, 
but I don't know who Tanner goes after. Does he go after a Noah? Does he end no. up with Noah Almanza? Noah Almanza is um, the first one that comes to my mind. Mark Richards. Mark Richards and Tanner oh. Halbert. Ooh. So, so I, I think that was, that would be badass. I think that's a maybe, but I don't know if that, I don't know. No. I just don't know if Richards. A stretch. That's a stretch. I don't know if Richards wants to leave Lopez. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I hear you. But that would be a crazy team. That would no be doubt. an expensive team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mitch, I'll just talk through a few if that's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so Jimmy Humans. So, uh, yeah, it is public information that Jimmy Humans and Ty Cobb will pursue other options. Now, Jimmy did say he will review his new partner this week. So I was kind of thinking through what are the possibilities. You've got Trzinski in his area, but he's already picked up by Smith. Um I like looking to some of the opens sometimes to give us leads on who potential partners might be. Uh, humans partnered up with Eric Anderson at open number seven, and they ended up having a good run taking fourth in their bracket. And we kind of know that Ryan Smith, he dropped a little subtle hint that he's pursuing other options. So that tells me Anderson's available. Do I see that happening? Nah, I'm just saying that they have partnered up together and been successful. Humans and Emily Downer won open number 11. Very similar baggers in style. I don't see that happening, though, unless humans is finding his options scarce. Or a bag contract. Sometimes we see bag contracts for forcing partnerships. You know, maybe a Reynolds comes in and say, hey, if you grab, you know, Downer and, and, and humans, you know, we give you a fat contract. Sometimes that's doing it. But, hey, humans is an elite-level player. He's deserving of someone in the top 15 and established. That's not an Emily Downer. We saw him team up with Kyle Malone at open number 13. Possible. We know that Cody Johnson picked up, was it Ferreira? Yes. Cody Johnson picked up Ferreira, so he's available. Um, Humans and Mark Richards teamed up at open number 15. That's not going to happen. I don't see Lopez leaving uh, uh, Lopez or uh, uh, Richards leaving Lopez for a Humans. Um, some other ones, Ryan Windsor's. I don't want to touch that one yet. Trey, I think you kind of already dropped some, some rumors and hints out there. But if we talk about Alex Hicks, facts, Alex Hicks is an elite level bagger, a top 10 talent. Opinion, Alex Hicks is a future national champ. Facts, Alex Hicks deserves an elite level partner. Whoever, like you were saying, whoever locks up Alex Hicks, I think that's one of the best possible moves in the free agency. Uh, Tyler Cobb real quick. Cobb is in the market we mentioned. Um, all I can say is he's down to reveal on our show if you want, Trey. He said he'll come on 100% and reveal that one if we want to go there. Uh, you mentioned, yes, you mentioned Joe Neistad, uh going uh, to announce this week. Jeremy Shermerhorn, um, he's announced he's moving on. That was public knowledge. That's dropped. Nico Morellis becomes available if Joe Neistad is announcing a new partner. Is that a possibility? I think Shermerhorn might move up a little bit, but, but the Morellis is playing really nice. Mm -hmm. The Ochoas uh, are probably going to stay together. Shermerhorn did team up with Jordan Power at one of the uh, uh, at one of the uh, opens, and they took second overall. But we know Power is going with Ruben. Um, but going back to the Gross comment, it is public knowledge that Josh Gross is going to take a step back and focus on some family priorities this season. Mm -hmm. So he'll be stepping out of the 2023 season. AJ Sims now available, and he's saying he's going to reveal this week. Grindersleeve confirmed he's going to be with Batson. So a Sims-Grindersleeve is not going to happen. Um, but what about, like, I don't know where, like, these young, 
a lot of young players throwing carpet out of Texas. Out of Texas, are any, yep. Yeah, are any of those guys available? Um, I know a lot of them have locked up that we can't say on the show, but is there one out there uh, that he could possibly pick up? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mish? Man, it's tough. I mean, do you think there's any risk in taking a rookie if you're an elite bagger? Yes. If we learn anything from this past season, the answer is no. Right. <laughs> right. There but is risk, but it's right? small risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not I as mean, big of a risk as we thought it was. <laughs> yeah. I think if I we asked that question a year ago, it would have been a different answer. Um, but yeah. now I feel pretty confident in the rookie class. And, and you would think there would be a disadvantage to not having participated in these national events before, not having as much broadcast time, but it's not showing to be true. So, Interested to see if that continues into this next season as well. Yeah. We will find out. All right. Well, it's time to bring Mike Morton on for Morton Corner. He's going to go over some uh, stats with us. Welcome, Mike, to the show. Hey, guys. Interesting conversations for sure. I'm still trying to absorb the Noah Wooten decision. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's going to be very interesting. Um, partner dynamics are super important, and okay. uh, they, they've, they've hung around and played together quite a bit, so – um, one thing I've learned to, to say is never judge, you know, someone's gut when it comes to that. If he thinks he's going to mesh well with Hunter, I'm going to believe him until he proves me wrong. So one well, thing do I you think, think what, uh, go ahead, Nish. Oh, so do you think it gives Hunter confidence that no Wooten has selected him? Like, I, I, absolutely, I don't know if that's good or bad. I like, absolutely believe that. Confidence. <laughs> I absolutely believe that. And your, your background probably would, would reinforce that, 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 that extra bit of motivation and, and encouragement that someone believes in me, I think is going to motivate Hunter even more. The, the one I think about it, the, here's the one thing, and, and I, we've talked about this before. Most teams have an alpha and have a supporting role player, right? This past year, Noah was the supporting role because mm -hmm. Tony was, was the alpha on the team, yep. right? Hunter was the alpha probably on the team with him and Bella, I mean, probably, sure. I mean, just natural, not necessarily ability. I'm just saying as far as personality leadership. Yeah. And now you're, you, you're going to get that flipped. So that may be good or bad from both players. I think Noah actually will succeed in the alpha role. I think yeah. he can be more of a vocal leader. And I think Hunter Thorne being a supporting role may actually work out as well. So from, from at least a, dy a personality dynamics perspective, I, I don't, I don't actually hate it. Yeah, I'm right. seeing you. And if, if you know anything about Wooten, um, you mentioned leadership. What what was wasn't he nominated for a leadership award mm -hmm. this year, Trey? The the whole pro field looks at Wooten, Wooten as a, a leader, and he kind of hinted in there. It's more to him. I think the game is more to him than money and winning. And he saw an opportunity to potentially mentor a guy like Hunter Thorne, someone that he's close to, and someone that he cares about is in his circle. I think that it goes a little bit deeper than the game and he's looking for an opportunity to lift his game and level him up in the league. Not to mention someone that he can practice with literally all the time in Airmail City. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that helps a little. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> all right, guys. So so I know we've had a lot to talk about and you guys still have some more. Um, I just got to go through a quick, a few quick uh, looks at some stats. Now that the season is over, um, I had some time to sit and dive into – uh, the singles statistics. So what I did is I wanted to find definitively after a full season, what is the bet? What statistic has the best correlation 
to a player's overall finish. All right. So I took several statistical categories and I ranked all the pro players in their singles only uh, performances within those categories. And then I compared those rankings to where they finished overall to see which one has the closest correlation. So um, before I go, I always like to get predictions. I'm going to give you the statistical categories and, and you all tell me if one leaps out at you that you think is going to be the best. Um, DPR, PPR, obviously we're going to look at those. Four bagger percentage, overall efficiency, which is PPR plus DPR, um, bags in percentage, um, rounds one percentage, and then the difference in rounds one and rounds lost percentage. So if you won 60% of your rounds and lost 20%, you'd be a plus 40. So, so those are the seven categories. Do any of them seem like they jump off the page at you? Mm. Um, four bagger percentage jumped off just because we see so many floors and ceilings. You'll see someone hammer three or four four baggers in a row and then throw a one and a three. So I don't like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one fell off the page pretty quick for me. Yeah. I, I probably, I mean, we, we briefly talked about your overall efficiency number. So, I mean, that one's going to be good. I think DPR is going to be better than PPR. Yeah. I, I think your rounds one percentage is going to be pretty good. Um, difference between rounds one and rounds lost. I don't know if I, I, I have to think conceptually if I really like that one. I think round one percentage is probably a pretty good indicator. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, without further ado, if you want to bring up the first slide, we have the, the results here. All right. So wow. your, Dead your overall best statistical indicator is overall efficiency. And that is, again, your PPR added to your DPR. So for, for people that may not understand what the, the numbers there on the slide, let me explain really quickly. There's some examples listed there. If uh, you're Mark Richards and you came in first place in the point standings, but fourth place ranking in PPR, that's a difference of three. So I went through the entire field and saw what the differences were in PPR. And then what you see on the slide there is a 41 uh, point something is the average for the field, the difference between their finish and their ranking in PPR. So the lower the number, the better the indicator is what we're Correct. saying. Correct. So the lower the number, the closer the correlation between your finish and your statistical ranking. So let me ask you one question, Mike, before you keep going. And I may have asked this before, but trying to understand, are the differences between them, and the differences in rank, are they absolute values or are they not? So for example. They are, they are absolute. Okay. So if I finish fifth, Okay, and my and one person finished uh, finished third, and one finished first and finished seventh. Yeah. Is that scored as minus two plus two? The average is zero, or is that scored as two two? Average is two. If you finished in fifth in standings and seventh in PPR, that would be a two. Same if you finished seventh in standings and fifth in PPR, the difference would be a two. So. How easy would it be to give you some homework and have you run those numbers without the absolute value? Without the absolute value, the net total is zero because for every plus three in a category, there's a minus three somewhere else. 
So, so they all, they all wash each other out. Mm. True. So, so really, you know, this is, this doesn't say whether you're 37 ranking points off in one direction or the other. It just says that you're off by 37. So I know that number seems a little bit large, but there's 250. Well, actually there was 275 players that accrued points during the season. So, um, you know, that that's a pretty large number and 37 is a pretty decent indicator. Um, so I did take it one step further. I said, well, you know, because we're looking at such a large pool, maybe if we narrowed it down just a little bit and only looked at, say, the top 40 players. Um, so if you go to slide two, I'll show you that we're looking at the same the same results, essentially. The numbers are a lot lower. So the moral of the story there is the higher you finish in the standings, the, the more reliable your statistics yep. are. Wow, look at PPR and dead last. Yeah, PPR, dead last. Now, I want to remind you, because we talk about it every week, Eric Davis breaks that statistical category. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks that statistical category. Now, just for giggles, I did pull his name out. Yeah, pull him the, out of there. He's of, an outlier. <laughs> of, of the whole field, I pulled his name out. And it did change the PPR by about you know a, a 0.5 or something like that but it didn't change its overall rank. Um, so he does impact it overall, but it, he does on a smaller scale of just looking at 40 players, um, his numbers are, are outsized and they do kind of break that model a little bit. But again, overall efficiency comes out as the most reliable indicator overall. So Mike is advocating for overall efficiency. I think overall efficiency is the best statistic that we can look at if we're trying to equate where someone may finish in the field. Got him. All right. That would have been my guess. So I think that that confirms a lot of our suspicions there. But it does also let us know that PPR is not the most important number to look at. That's kind of the lesson we've been learning throughout the season from you, Mike. So uh, yeah, we appreciate PPR. that. I, I absolutely it's, it floors me because I was the biggest advocate for PPR when it first came out. Now I also was a huge advocate of of putting DPR out there as well, but I still thought PPR was the statistic. And every single time I've done analysis this year, PPR has has tanked. It, it's always been either overall efficiency. Second place is usually DPR within the pro division. Yeah, within oh, yeah. the pro division. <laughs> this changes um, when you step out into. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, Although I haven't looked at overall efficiency, DPR overall, looking at advanced competitive, when I did large sample sizes, DPR did beat PPR pretty handily. But I did not include overall efficiency. Within an event. Yeah. Within a single event. Correct. Correct. Again, my my asterisk always when you talk about DPR, you have to look at a closed field. Single yeah, you cannot event, be looking at single lead. You cannot be looking at DPR across an open open sample size. Correct. It's got to be within a closed sample size, yes. like the pro division as one sample or a single tournament as one sample. But you can't look at it, you know, cross events. Bingo. Yeah, I agree with that. I just didn't want people taking that sound bite and going PPR sucks. <laughs> CPR, yeah, PPR, no. PPR sucks comparing the best in the world against the tenth best. Yes. But if you're talking about the best versus your average Joe, you're gonna you're gonna be able to tell real quickly <laughs> yes. 
little yes. gap, little gap there. I can, I can look at somebody's PPR and tell you immediately generally. about where they are. Yeah, about generally how speaking, good they are. Yeah, would agree. If you tell me someone's DPR is 0.5, I have no idea what that. You're gonna have to say, well, where do they play? Where did those stats, stats yeah. come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, or is yeah, it you tell me someone's got a 9.2 PPR? Yeah, they're probably a pro level player. True. Good point. So. All right, Mike. Well, thanks so much for your time. All right, that's my case for overall efficiency. <laughs> point <You> made. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> thanks, Mike. All right. All right cheers. We will uh, just quickly want to touch on some news around the league. We had our conference pro qualifier winners from the Mountain South, Tina Tafoya, Mid-South, Ryan Hart, Atlantic, Mike Hoffman, and Canada, Connor Weiss. Congrats to everybody who has made it into the pro field via those conferences. And uh, we'll see you in the pro division. Moving into the application part, another way that you can make your way into the pro field is by application. We have a lot of applications coming in. Um, so we want to kind of look through the list there and see anyone that jumps out at you. And I just have a quick question, Trey. Has there been anyone that's come in through application that has really made it as an elite bagger? Like, is there any name that pops out to you that came through application and went to the top of the field? Um, that's tough to say because the pro division used to be only application. It's like Got we it. started with everything was just an application. Then it was mostly application with some automatic bids. And now right now where we are, it's like mostly automatic bids with some applications. And next Got season, it. it's going to be pretty much only automatic qualification with a very, very small amount that automatic, <laughs> that can get in via the application. So it's kind of been like a transition as we get to the point, to that point. But so it's tough. It, old school, like last season, I don't think a ton of people got in via, I mean, a ton of people that got in via application were able to get all the way to the top. I'd have to go back and look. That's that'd actually be a good exercise to look through, Michelle. Yeah. Just kind of curious. But um, in terms of when I looked at the list, you know, obviously I can only think of the people that are local to me and, and who stands out there. And I don't, I don't know um, what your thoughts are, Anthony, but I, the one that stood out Lots to me, well, Danny Borja went really far in the pro qualifiers, the owner of TWT. And so that's a name that stands out to me as somebody who could really uh, do well in the pro field. Um, but what names stand out to you, Anthony? All right, I'm going to rapid fire this, Mish, because it looks okay, like we're go. eight minutes behind. But um, so don't tell them we, we're fine. We, sh we should mention 500, <laughs> 500 names on the list. What is 485 to be exact, if I'm looking at this list correctly. So. Yeah. Tons and tons of applicants, 25 shoe and picks for me. Just going through those right away, I'm like, hey, we got to get these guys in the league and gals in the leagues. A Caden Allen, an Adrian Brunson. Now, this might be a, I don't there might be an age restriction here. So if I mentioned someone under 18, they're automatically out. Jordan Power coming in through application after the suspension. He's got to get in that way. Let's Camba. get him back in the league. Camba. I was like, Thank what? You. Thank you. Thank you. Jordan Camba. Um, Jay Corley, uh, you know, an OG elite level player. I think he's going to be trending up. Christopher Day, an OG, would be good to see him in the league. Samantha Finley on the list, multinational and world champ. Let's get her in. Daniela Luna, a world champ. We got a Dalton McClem who's got two national doubles championships in his in his back pocket. Timothy Pitcher, old school guy. Let's get him back in. Matthew Stout also needing to get back in via application. Uh, Miranda Coy, Courtney Coy, Emily Downer, all going to help the female cause and the new emphasis on the female division. They're going to be tough. A Jaden Ellis, a Chris Fagan. I believe he's out of Florida. I saw him play. He was nice. 
Vincent Frisch. We saw him make some uh, some noise on the scene. A singles women's open champ, Lexi Hugeback. Let's get her into that female division. Whitney Martinez, a top eight player. We saw her at Airmail City. We need to get her back in. Mason Morgado. Emery Parker made a really strong run at the end. Donald Cup. He was 102 after the season. He missed his cut by two positions. That's better than 60% of the pro field. Let's get him back in. Lori Duell, Maya Cup, Zachary Engelkin is on my list, but I think I saw a post drop today that he won the conference qualifier. Good work for him if he got in on his own. And Matthew Morton on the list. Those were 25 that just stood out for me. I have another 16 that I think are really good arguments and another 50 that I think are in the discussion. So it is tough. And I can go yeah. through more if we have time, Mish, but there it is going to be tough for everybody in the pro application. It's so it's so true looking at that list. I couldn't believe some names that were on it. Uh, some seem obvious that they're going to get in. Um, but like I said, the one that really stood out to me was Danny because he was really close to making it in the pro qualifiers. Um, and, and I play with him often and I know that he can he can make a wave there. Um, but a lot of the females need to make it back in, uh, shouldn't be on that list. So I would love females, to see them. The female part is going to be brutal. Oh, uh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. And the young baggers, no. So is this where the PDC is available for them again, Trey, for some of those younger players? Um, there, there will be a route for some, yes. Very okay. limited. Very okay. limited. Got it. Just wondering. All right. Well, uh, now we will move into buy or sell. So I'm going to read some statements. You guys let me know if you buy or sell. The first one, Tanner Halbert and Eric Zockline will play together next season. What do you think, Trey? Buy or sell? If he had asked me this three weeks ago, I would have said sell. Yes. Definitely sell. The longer we go on, it, it almost feels like kind of the Ryan Windsor, Ezra Herrera situation from last season, where it's like you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, and then you're like, well, I'll just – I'll just play with Isidro. I'll just play with Eric Zockline. Yeah. Right? I'll still sell it, but man, I don't like how long it's taken for Tanner to kind of find somebody. Anthony? Yeah, Tanner clearly the standout bagger. And the pressure's on Zockline to keep up. There's a lot of history, though, with these boys. A long time being partners. Zockline is completely overshadowed by by Tanner, but he's a hell of a bagger. He did finish 29th in the world, but Tanner is cream of the crop. He's an elite level player. It's going to take a top 10, maybe 15 guy, I think, to pull him away from Zockline. Oh, I'm really on the fence. If he, it, Mark Richards, Noah Almanza, if he doesn't get one of those guys, he's not going to make the move. Noah Almanza is ultra. Tanner is ultra. I think that's his best best shot. If he can get one of those, I think he goes. I think after Noah telling me he did not pick Almanza, I'm changing this on the fly. I'm actually going to sell that he stays with Zockline. I think he ends up with Almanza. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Nice. Oh, interesting. So next one, Noah, Noah Wooten and Tony Smith splitting will work out for both players by or sell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it's so fresh. Like I literally went into the show expecting no Wooten to say no Almanza. Yeah. Right. This, yeah, this and is so now like my entire, and I was going to buy it. I was a hundred percent going to buy it and say no Wooten, no Almanza, Tony Smith, Jacob Trzinski. They're going to be fine. Um, I'll. <sighs> <laughs> 
I kind of want to sell it. I mean, and maybe that, maybe I should be, maybe that motivates Hunter Thorne. And that's great. I love Hunter. Hunter is one of, I, you know, he is awesome. I mean, him and I played in the blind draw in Airmail City together. I mean, we had a great time. Um, I just want to see him take the next step. That's going to be the question. Does he take the next step? I'll, I'll sell it. Anthony. Nisha, I, I couldn't agree more with Trey. I am selling. It is going to work out for Tony and Trzinski. We just heard the drop. Hunter, I'm a big fan. Take this as motivation. That is not going to work out. Oh, Hunter, so go hard. out there. Go out there and kill it. Go out there and kill it and prove me prove wrong. Them wrong Hunter. Prove them wrong. Um, all right. Third one. There will be just as many rookies in the top 10 this next season as there were the last season, which were five. Are we going to do that again? What do you think, Trey? Or is that just a once-in-a-lifetime situation? I got to sell it. I was looking through. Okay, let's say Fisher Hamilton, Ryan Wiedenfeld, Logan Chamberlain, Justin Burton, maybe like someone like a Craig Irvin or something. Yep. I mean, those are probably the likely five. I just don't see it happening. So, But to knock out five. Right, right, right. I'm not saying those people aren't talented. I just don't. I don't yeah, see you – find me five people in the top ten. They're going to see a huge, a significant drop-off out of that top ten. Exactly. Not going to happen. Anthony? Yeah, Trey, I was doing the same math. I'm like, all right, Whedonfield, Burton, Cano, Chamberlain, the Gore twins, if, they, if they're considered rookies, Costanza, Hamilton. Yeah. I don't see it. I do not see that many into the into the top ten. Yes, those guys are going to make some noise and threaten top ten, but, uh, but no, that's not going to happen. Brett Guy and Eric Davis should play together next season. Buy or sell? It says should, not will, should. Should. Um, like you think they should. To be honest, I kind of like what Noah Wooten and Ryan Windsor did. I don't think they should play together in the Nationals, but they should play together in the shootout. Yeah. Honestly. That's so, a strategy. I don't know how I that works. Why, for their, uh, they should play together in some capacity, so buy, I guess. Um, but that, I feel like that would be so tricky with the fire sponsorship. Like, how does that work? But yeah, that's a whole nother story. What do you think, Anthony? Trey, our logic is so similar. My note right here should question mark. That is different than will. Um, top 12 doubles team is a legit run. Back to back yeah. shootout series champs. Uh, they do have a completely different style, but I think Guy is one of those guys that can deal with a Davis unorthodox play and decision-making, you put Davis with any other partner and he's doing that shit, they're like, I cannot partner with this guy. He's got me on edge the entire game. I think Guy <laughs> handles it pretty well. Um, and knowing who's available out there to pick up, I, 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 I'll buy. I think they should stay together. Okay. And last one, Dylan Turpin and Caleb Franken, Franklin are a top 10 team next season. Buy or sell, Trey? I'm buying it. You got to. You're 11th right now, right? All right, Dylan Turpin. You want to go? You want to tell me you and Caleb Franklin are the real deal? Dylan Turpin, you want to tell me you're a top 10 player? You want to tell me you're disrespected? You want to tell me all this stuff? Prove it. Where's my prove it shirt? Give me my prove it shirt back. <laughs> Give me it back. Buy it. <laughs> Anthony? Yeah, it was the same logic. If Turpin and Ricky G were 11, you have to buy that they're going to improve this year. But you get these early glimpses at the new partnerships coming. And the new talent coming in, it's going to be insane. I'm I'm really on the fence with this one. I'm actually going to sell. I think they're a top 10 capable, but I think they're just outside because of all the new partnerships and talent rolling in. It's going to squeeze them out just a little bit. 
Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move into our way too early 2023 predictions. We are going to make some predictions. And hey, if we get anything right at this point, we look really smart because we are way out. Way and out uh, <laughs> let's let's go into it. So, Trey, who do you got for a man of the year? Man of the year. You know, I, I thought a lot about this. History tells me Mark Richards cannot do it again. True. Nothing against Mark Richards. It happened to Jamie Graham from 2020 to 2021. In 2021, it happened again um, in, in 2021 with Trey Birchfield into 2022. So something tells me there's going to be a drop-off. So I won't go with Richards. Yep. Guy is on my list. I really like what – I really want to pick Matt Guy. I'm going to go out there on a limb, Tanner Halbert. <gasps> that was mine. Okay. I Anthony, what's yours? I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to get crazy. I like what you were saying, Trey, all of those arguments. Guy, if he doesn't change his decision-making and some of the style, the over-air mail, if you will, I just don't see it happening. Devin Harbaugh. Oh, that should have been your hot take. That, I mean, that yeah. that, maybe it is. We don't know. <laughs> that was hot. That's spicy. All right. Women of the year. I mean, Shiny. I just, yeah, I don't see it being taken Next. from her. Yeah. Okay. Rookie of the year. This is a tough okay, one. Hold on. I'll give you one sleeper. Can I give a sleeper? Okay. Yeah. Give is a sleeper. If it's not Cheyenne, I'll throw out. Oh, you know what? Actually, oh. I'll wait for my hot take. I'll do it on my oh, hot take. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what a tease. All right. Rookie of the year. Who do you got? Rookie of the year. I'll stick with it. I called it on my hot take last week. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my hot take. It's spicy. I'll go Logan Chamberlain. Okay. Wiedenfeld. I'm Good. going Justin. Justin Burton Jr. Ooh, right, I like break, that one too. Breakout player of the year. This one was really tough, right? Yeah. Because it depends on what you mean. Like when I was looking at rankings and such, it's like, do I get, and I look at pro singles, Alex Hicks is 16. Can I say if Alex Hicks finishes like second or third, yeah. does that, does that uh, qualify? Yeah, that's, that's hard. Those spots to go up from 16 to five. Hard. Same thing with like Jacob Trzinski. Jacob Trzinski's 27. If he gets into the top 10, Joe Niestet is 29. Joe Niestet goes from 29 all the way up. I mean, you can go all the way down here. There's a lot of different ones. You know, one, I'm kind of going off on a limb here, but he was 51 this year. I really liked how he finished the season. I'll go Alec Ryan. <gasps> Okay. I That's don't hate fine. that. I don't. I wasn't even thinking about that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. What do you got, Anthony? Uh, Trey nailed it. Uh, number twenty-seven. I think he cuts that in half at least. New motivation with the partnership with Tony Smith, Jacob Trzinski, breakout player Jacob of the year. Yeah, I think Alec Ryan's gonna gonna make a make a wave. All right, uh, let's. What we got doubles team of the year. Oh, this is impossible. But right. I'll go Jimmy Graham, Matt Guy, because it's just an easy pick. Oh, okay. What do you got, Anthony? Uh, I was I have the same written down, but I like Elmanza Halbert if that happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna take. How about this? I take uh, Tanner Halbert if he takes Almanza or Richards. That's my team of the year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Okay, and then MVP. I'll uh, I'll stick the same way. I'll go I'll go tan. I'll, no, I'm gonna stick with my man of the year. I'll stick with Tanner Halbert getting both. Likely, history tells us if you win man of the year, you're you're probably gonna win MVP as well. So I'll go there. Okay. Jamie Graham gets it this time. I'm gonna go Jamie oh. Graham. 
That's a good so one. So you got, so you got, so hold on. You got your man of the year, Devin, Devin Harbaugh, Harbaugh with your MVP. Okay. So you're saying Jamie Grant finishes like second, but wins a couple of nationals and doubles is what, what I'm, what I'm getting. Yeah. And MVP includes doubles, right? Yeah. I yeah. don't think that Harbaugh is going to get there with King as his partner as an MVP candidate, but I think Graham will get there with Guy. All right. I like All it. All right. I think it's good. All right. And a little tray. You teased your hot take. Yeah. So, so big, big asterisk here, but I'm, I, I think it's going to happen. Assuming this person gets in on application. Okay. The number one player to challenge Cheyenne Renner for that number one female spot next season, finish number two in women's standings, Emily Downer. Emily Downer. Yeah, Emily Downer. <laughs> I was going to be Emily or Lexi, so I mean, I yeah. I, I, could, I, I don't think it. it's that hot of a hot take unless you said Emily Downer takes Women of the Year. That would be a hot take, but to Emily Downer me, beats Cheyenne Renner at a national next season. Oh, okay, yeah, I like it. Anthony, you got yours? Yeah, so we're seeing a theme. We keep, and, and maybe it's 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 kind of subtle in what we're saying, but we keep hyping up carpetbaggers. We listed out who we thought were going to be the potential rookie candidates of the year. All carpetbaggers. We highlighted who we think would break into the top 10. All, all, all carpetbaggers. Um, last season, zero players in the top 10 were under the age of 18. My hot take is we're going to have three players under the age of 18 in the top 10, and they happen to all be carpetbaggers. Okay, oh, fair enough. And mine's not super hot, but I think Mark Richards is going to stay with Philip Lopez. That's my prediction. No, I, just, I don't see it. I don't see it breaking up. But uh, all right, that's what we got for the show today. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we will see you all next time.